This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm your host and the ministry lead here at Parenting for Faith. I hope you've had a good week. I hope it's been going well. Just a reminder that tonight, if you're listening to this on the day that it's released, um, is our pop-up small group on how to talk to our kids and teens about gender and sexuality. Um, If you're listening after the 14th of March and you missed it, do not worry. It's still available on our website and you can still watch on your own or watch with other people. The notes, the discussion guide, all that kind of stuff is on there as well. Um, So easiest way is probably just to pop it in the search bar which is the top right hand corner of our website so I hope that's really useful I am so grateful for our guest today um, who is coming to share really personally about some quite sensitive and vulnerable topics Um, we're going to be touching on bereavement on grief on illness and on solo parenting Um, so just a little bit of a heads up that those are some of the topics that this is going to contain Um, if those are relevant for you and yeah, you might want to think about who else is listening with you uh, if you've got this on around the house and with other people with you. But I'm gonna hand over to Lucy and Xanthi. Thank you, Anna. Yes, we are so privileged today to have a guest with a really powerful story to share of bereavement and loss and single parenting. She's a mum of two primary age children. She's a former operations manager for a church and now works in school administration. Xanthi Barker, welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. Thank you, Lucy. It's so great to have you here. And I know you have loads of uh, useful and helpful and and very poignant stuff to share with us. Um, But before we get into that, let's start with an easy question. (laughs) Tell us a bit about Xanthi. Who is Xanthi? What does your everyday uh, life look like? And uh, what do you like doing? Yeah, so um, as you said, I'm a mum to two children. Um, I've got a nearly 11-year-old girl and an eight-year-old boy. Um, And I'm a widow, so I was married to Sam for nearly 11 years, but he died in um, 2018. Um, I, yeah, juggle my work in the office um, in the school with um, just general parenting, running my kids around to thousands of activities. It feels like I'm always taking them here, there and everywhere. we live in Cambridge, so we're on bikes a lot for that, which is really fun. Um, and in terms of what I love, I love um, meeting with friends for coffees, for drinks, for dinner, any excuse to get together with friends generally. Um, long walks, uh, visiting the seaside gives me real life um, and a good quiz or a puzzle. Wonderful. It sounds like you have a very full life and are juggling a lot of demands that many of us are juggling. Uh, you mentioned your husband, Sam. I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about Sam's illness and your journey as a family through that that stage. Yeah, so in 2017, Sam was diagnosed out of the blue for us um, with stage four bowel cancer. Um, he, he had been suffering with constipation one weekend and ended up in A&E um, where they discovered that he had a tumour that was blocking his um, large intestine um, but it had, the cancer had also spread to um, his liver and his peritoneum. Um, so right from the word go, we knew that it was bad. Um, they had basically said to us, this is this is terminal. We just don't know how long you've got. Um, they said, hopefully about two years, but in the end it was about not quite 18 months. Um, 
we went through so at that point Sam was 35 um and my daughter was nearly five and my son is just two so very very small children at that time um we went through a whole journey um with chemo so he had about um six seven months of chemo till the November with sort of cycles of him feeling weller and feeling iller um had a few months where he didn't have any chemo or anything and it seemed like things were going okay and then he rapidly went downhill um kind of got started getting sick and I said they tried another round of chemo that didn't work and in the June of 2018 we were told there's nothing more we can do um this is just sort of time now um so we um, managed to squeeze in a last holiday um and then we had him at home for the last three weeks of his life doing home hospice um and he died in August 2018 um age 36 and the kids were six and three and a half wow what a story. Thank you so much for sharing and for being so um, so honest. How has that experience of losing their dad, obviously your children were so, so young at the time, how, how do you think it's impacted their faith journey? Yeah, it's really interesting. I was chatting to the kids earlier this week about this, just in preparation for, for chatting with you today. And I think the big thing for them is the whole question of unanswered prayer, um, unsurprisingly. Um, we know we were very privileged to um, have loads of people from our church community and our families walking alongside us as Sam was ill and praying for us. And we were all very confident that God could answer the prayer to heal Sam um, if he wanted to. But he or wanted to is maybe the wrong word, but, you know, he he could have done it and he didn't. And um, so when the topic of prayer comes up at church, and in their children's groups and things like that it's it is a big thing for them um and my daughter said you know sometimes she feels a little bit resentful that god doesn't answer didn't answer that prayer is confused doesn't understand why um he didn't um and sometimes she said even if it's something if they're praying for something really big for somebody else she finds it a bit harder to believe that god will do it um which i was really interesting reflection from her i'd not heard her say that before um so that's obviously a big thing for them um there's also church, it means church is also quite triggering for them in terms of um, talking about Jesus, talking about heaven. They they are really confident that Sam is in heaven and that is amazing and that, that has never wavered. Um, but they, when you're talking at church or, you know, RE lessons as well can be a really big one about heaven and where people go after they die and um, the re- resurrection they then start thinking about their dad and then they start getting sad and, and you know, my son says, and then I find it hard to concentrate because I'm so busy thinking about daddy, I forget to pay attention to what I'm meant to be doing. <laughs> so I think there's a there's a real um, challenge there for them in that the space where they are exploring their faith is also a space that is really tricky for them um, to work out where how they're feeling and it brings up a lot of their grief um, issues. Um Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. And it's so interesting to hear. I'd never really thought that, of course, church could be a trigger in that way. RE lessons could be a trigger in that way, rather than making faith easier for your children. Perhaps it makes it more complicated and some of the things they hear and and reconciling that with their experience. And of course, unanswered prayer is something that we all experience through life but your children have experienced it in a big way at a very young age. So their whole faith journey now is shaped around that in a way that obviously many children's 
faith journey isn't, or certainly not until they get older. That's really interesting. Thank you. Um, Sam obviously had a, a lively faith. He was a committed Christian. Is there any legacy of how he did life with God, any legacy of who he was as a Christian, as a child of God, that you're trying to keep alive for your children? Yeah, there are definitely a few things. So one of the things that Sam always said, he's always a big advocate of how much Jesus loved to party. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's just you look through the Bible and there's always, you know, he's always having a meal, he's always popping off to weddings, this, that and the other. Um, and that was just something he said a lot. And that's the way he lived his life was very much like that. You know, he always wanted to throw parties. He always wanted to have people around. Um, and I think we've really tried to carry that on as a family um, in little ways and in big ways, sort of continuing to celebrate Sam's birthday as a family and, and that, using that as an excuse um, to have a party. Um, but also just that idea that actually heaven is a big party um, with Jesus um, and the kids really get that and get that daddy's in a really good place, having a really fun time. Um, and whenever we talk about um, heaven, it's always in the context of a party um, with the kids, which is which is really amazing. Um, I think on a similar note, um, Sam was big into hospitality um, and inclusiveness and really trying to look out for the people who maybe don't have people around them or a bit more on the fringes or where our life experience can then be open to other people. So something that we've done for years before Sam died and since is we've always hosted a home group. Um, and I think just that, um, which does have an impact on the children because they're having to tidy up the house and they're having to get out of the way and all there's all these people in their house every week. But I think for them, it's been, it it's really important for them to realise that that's part of our our faith, our journey is, is opening our home to other people. Um, and doing that in a wider context as well, um, not just for church meetings, but having people over, modelling hospitality, taking meals around to um, people when they're struggling. Um, I think that's been a really big part. And, and, and trying to include the kids in all of that. And that's part of who Sam was. Um, I think and a really sort of small practical thing, but definitely from his faith journey rather than mine, is the priority of church. He grew up in a church family. Um, his dad's a vicar and they even when they went on their summer holidays they'd always go to church on a Sunday and that was something I never grew up doing <laughs> going yeah. to church on, a Sunday and I'm on my summer holiday and again that's something we've really tried to do um, it was a real blessing to pop in and see you in the summer um, in your church but I think that you know that's a another little thing um, and the calling to work I think was the other thing Sam was really felt that you know we are created to work and he um, talked about actually after he died that maybe there would be work for him to do in heaven and what his I you know God created work might be um he used to joke it would be delivering the post on a sailing boat but um that actually there, there is that um calling in our lives and that we each have a calling to do that as um the kids do as well um, so yes yeah, so I think little kind of nuggets of his faith I hope have kind of passed through to the children Santhi can you share with us some of the challenges of parenting for faith as a single parent yeah, I think there's um, there's both some sort of practical challenges and some sort of more spiritual challenges. Um, practically, I think some of the things that are are harder as a single parent are things like church meetings. I mean, the reality is having to get a babysitter every time you want to go to something different at church. As I say, we're really fortunate because we can host a home group, so I'm able to do that. But I know that that wouldn't be the case for everybody. Um, and I think there is that extra layer of just it's always a babysitter it's always a babysitter every time that makes life more complicated and even things like on Sunday it can be really hard when it's just you and even when you've dropped the kids at their groups um 
that when there's sort of, for example, prayer ministry at the end of the service, I'm always a bit conscious of, do I want to go forward for prayer? Because then I'll be late for picking up my children and they feel a bit abandoned again. And how do I, how do I juggle that? Or, you know, turning up to pick up the children and I'm very blotchy and got, you know, red eyes because I've been crying or whatever. Um, and while I want to be completely honest and transparent with them about the struggle of my faith, I also want to be there for them with it and have those conversations when they want to have them, not when I'm in that vulnerable place necessarily. Um, and so I think there's just, there's some really practical juggling things that are trickier. Um, and we are very blessed that we have a great church community who can help and babysit and pick up my children and all those kind of things. But I think that that has been a real challenge. Um, it's also very hard because you're stretched so thin as a single parent. Um, you know, you're just doing everything all the time. There's never, never anybody to back up with the practical things, with bedtime routines, with, um, uh, yeah, one-to-one -one time, all those kind of things. You know, I'm constantly juggling getting this child to this party, this activity. And, and I think in terms of faith, what that means is I, I don't have that one-to-one -one time with my children to chat about where they are with God or to pray with them. Um, as much as I would like you know even this morning my daughter was just having a bit of a wobble going into school I think she's just tired I don't think it was anything and I would have loved to have just had two minutes just to just pray with her about the day but my son was there and he's always there and I think if I and I know you know lots of people parents work and they don't have that time in the morning but I just never have that can, can you just take this child so I can have a moment with this child um and I think that is that is really tricky as well on the day-to-day -day basis um it's also hard in terms of not having backup for the big questions. Um, so when they ask, you know, they ask about unanswered prayer or they they ask about bigger things to do with faith. There isn't anybody to, it's always what I think. And there are some things I really haven't fully worked out yet. You know, as we all haven't, you know, I've got a very messy theology about going to the grave and talking to Sam, but I know he's not there and I know he's in heaven and I, he probably can't hear me, but I, it, it brings me a lot of comfort to go there and, and and I take the children there sometimes and then they say well can daddy really hear us and I say well I don't know but this helps me and it helps me to process and I think it's you know I'm very conscious that I'm on my own a lot um trying to answer tricky questions without the backup that maybe I would have. Uh, Sandy just as we kind of close this chat up it's been so helpful thank you I love what you've said and I think it will be so helpful to so many um are there any books or podcasts or other resources that you can recommend uh either to to specifically a bereaved parent or single parents in general that you've found helpful if I'm honest there's a real dearth of stuff out there that I have found helpful I think one of the hardest things for me has been the lack of resources um specifically for bereaved parents um there's there's lots of uh bereaved christian parents there's lots of stuff out there for um bereavement in a secular context um and some of that has been really helpful um winston's wish is a great charity that does lots of resources for um bereaved children um and i've found dipping into some of those has been really helpful and they are quite open-ended so where do you think your parent might be and things like that so you have that the option to talk about faith um there's a great book, um, children's picture book by Bob Hartman called Tapestry, which we found really helpful, um, just weaving together how our lives work with each other and where a bereaved person might be and all those kind of things. So that I'd really recommend that um, as a great resource. Yeah, I, I, I have really struggled, if I'm honest, um, I, to find specifically bereaved stuff. I think some of the single parenting books and things out there are really helpful, um, but they 
are often written in the context I have found of divorce. And so there's still another parent around or in the picture um, to share the burden with, to swap childcare with and all those kind of things, which I don't have. Um, And I think that for me has just been a real challenge. So, you know, if people send stuff into Parenting Faith and you want to pass it on to me because they found something amazing, that'd be great. Um, But I (laughs) struggled. Yeah, sure. Thank you. That's really helpful to know. And I really hope for your sake and for others in the same situation that more stuff will be produced over the next next few years as as the need is um is is observed and spotted i think um that's really helpful Samthi, i just want to thank you so much for your generosity in sharing such a personal and vulnerable story it has been just such a treat for us to hear hard for us to hear but important for us to hear Um, If you're listening to this and this doesn't affect you personally, maybe you know someone who it does affect. So please pass this podcast on to them. All the resources Xanthi has mentioned will be in the show notes. So we'll pop them in the show notes. We'll also pop a note uh, on the website as well so that you can find links to those. But thank you so much, Xanthi, for coming on the podcast today. You're very welcome. And today's question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation is this. What do you find hard to do on your own? Have a great conversation. We'll be back with episode 10 next week. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.